Hi everyone, I hope you're doing well today. We've, we're on a series of messages from the book of Acts, and we've heard about how God poured out his spirit on those early followers of Jesus after Christ's ascension. It was on the day of Pentecost that the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them, a, a feast day in, in Israel. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, at first 120 of those followers of Jesus. And, and before that day was over, after Peter preached a mighty message, um, about 3,000 new people were added to that fellowship of believers. And the church was off to a roaring start. Well, I'd today like for us to consider some of the things that happened after the day of Pentecost among those believers. Um, and I'm going to just kind of tell you the story briefly, uh, and uh, you can read it for yourself in the first five chapters of the book of Acts. But after the day of Pentecost, all those disciples continued to join together, and they were receiving the teaching from the apostles, and they were devoting themselves clearly every day to fellowshipping together to breaking bread, to praying together. And there was an amazing sense of awe over them all. And they sensed the presence of God there with them and doing his works. And the apostles particularly were there and, and God was using them to do mighty signs and wonders among the people. And they were all living together in a wonderful harmony and they, they shared everything they had. The Lord's favor was obvious, his blessing was upon them. And every day, God was adding new people into their fellowship who were being saved, coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And they were all of one heart and mind. They were sharing all they, they had with each other. No one claimed anything was his own. There was a generosity flowing among them. And the apostles were continually testifying of how Jesus had risen from the dead and, and how his spirit was there among them and, and working mightily among them. And there was a great blessing upon them all. Among them, there weren't really any needy people because uh, the, 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 the congregation itself was sharing what they had and many of them were selling their property and they'd bring them money to uh, the apostles and, and lay it before the apostles so that they would be able to distribute that money out to the poor among them. And so there, weren't, there wasn't any needy people among them because of the generosity of that New Testament church that had just been born. There was one man who uh, is an example of this. His, he was a man from Cyprus. His given name was Joseph, but the apostles nicknamed him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Barnabas was a great encourager, and he was really being used of the Lord in that area. And Barnabas himself sold a field that he owned, and he, he brought the money of that sale, and he gave it to the apostles so that they could distribute that out among the needy people there in their community. Well, there was another man in the church. And he and his wife, they too sold a piece of property that they owned. 
Their name was Ananias, and the wife was Sapphira. And they conspired to give some of the money to the, to the apostles to use and hold part of it back, but they wanted, were going to let on that this was the total sum of the sale of that property that they were giving. And so when Ananias came into the congregation and offered up his offering uh, to the apostles there to use, indicating that this was the sum total of the sale, Peter confronted Ananias with his lie. And he said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you've lied to the Holy Spirit? You, you, you kept part of the money back that you received for your land, didn't you? Yes, you did. Didn't that land belong to you at the beginning? And there was no pressure on you to sell, sell your property. And after you sold the property, there was no pressure on you to give the money away. So what you've done here is deception. And, and whatever possessed you to do such a thing? Because you haven't just lied to us. More importantly, you've lied to God. And with that, Ananias fell down at Peter's feet and he died. Well, there were some young men that came and wrapped up the body in a, in a sheet and carried it out of the meeting and they buried Ananias. Well, about three hours later, not realizing what had happened to Ananias, his wife Sapphira turned up in the meeting and so Peter asked Sapphira, tell me, is this price the price that you and Ananias got for the land and that you brought as an offering? And she answered, yes, yes, certainly. That's the amount that we received. That's the price. And Peter then said to her, how could you conspire together to test the Holy Spirit like this? Look, the young men that just buried your husband are at the door right now and they're gonna carry you out too. And instantly she fell down and she died on the spot. And the young men came and they carried her away, buried her by her husband. And great fear gripped the whole church. Everyone else that heard about this were startled at what had happened. But after that, the apostles continued to do many mighty signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers were together in remarkable harmony. And many outsiders who looked in, kind of saw what was happening, they, they didn't dare join these believers, but they certainly admired them. But all of those who were putting their trust in Jesus were being added to the church right and left, and the church was growing in power and growing in number day by day.
Well, that's the story I wanted to share with you today from the book of Acts. This story speaks of the church living together in one accord, living harmoniously together in the Holy Spirit, in the presence of, of God, the Spirit. And he was doing mighty things among them. They were experiencing revival. And Paul speaks of the atmosphere of, uh, of that church, that early church, and he encourages us all to, to live in that same kind of atmosphere. Uh, in Romans chapter 15, verses 5 through 7, the Apostle Paul says this, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Now, what we see here in this story from the book of Acts and in these words from the Apostle Paul, it's clear that this is God's desire for his church to live in this beautiful harmony that only comes by walking with God in the Holy Spirit. And I love that word that Paul uses here, uh, live in this harmony. Harmony is a, a musical term uh, and it, it speaks of all different tones being played together that produce a blending of sounds that's very pleasing to the ears. And uh, it speaks of a greater beauty in music than simply a melody. A melody is good, but harmony is even more beautiful. A single note can't do what a combination of notes can do blended together with their diversity and yet the beauty that's connected in that harmony that's brought out of diverse tones. And that's a picture of the church. That's a picture of how Christ wants his church to be. It's like a, a symphony orchestra. If we could think of thinking of music, the church is kind of like a symphony orchestra where you have all these different instruments, all these different sounds coming together in uh, with their diversity into something beautiful, something glorious that's in, in, in accord together. And that's how that early church is described. They were all in one accord. They all lived harmoniously. And, and they were under Christ's direction in that. That's what produced the harmony, living in connection with Christ through the Holy Spirit. And God glorifying music was coming out uh, of them. This, the, the music of God's redeeming love, the, the music of God's father heart toward his people. They were sharing good news with the poor. They were releasing people out of the captivity and bondage of, of, of Satan and sin and death and all the rest. Blind eyes were being opened. Deaf ears were being opened, lame were walking, and God was on the move. And when we come to the book of Acts, we, 
we, we see how oftentimes Luke, the, the author of the book of Acts, would share with us this big picture, this larger picture of what was going on, and then he would narrow the focus down into one particular person or, or individuals and how this was being lived out in their life. And he does that here. He explains how the church was living in this beautiful harmony, and then he zeroes in on Barnabas. And let me just read again the, the passage that uh, speaks of Barnabas in, in Acts chapter 4, verses 36 through 37. It goes like this. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So Barnabas was generous and he was a great encourager among the people there. Later on in Acts, Luke says of Barnabas that he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. What a blessing that is to have folks around us who are full of goodness, the goodness of God, full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. I want to be a person like that, don't you? I think we all do. And we can be by God's help and grace. He lived generously. He lived boldly. He lived with real hope and anticipation that God was going to do mighty things. And there were many other people as well like that in the church there in Jerusalem. But there was an exception here in this story to that. There was this couple, Ananias and Sapphira, and their story is a troubling one. You can't read it without being troubled by it because these were church members, they were Christians, and yet disaster struck them. Their, their story sort of, at least for a, a moment, interrupts this beautiful symphonic harmony that's going on in the church with a blood-chilling screech. And this couple, they too sold a piece of property, as we heard in the story, and they, between them, conspired to make it look like they were way more generous than they actually were. And it was done for effect. It was done to gain probably honor. It's interesting that this story is right on the heels of the Barnabas story. And it, it would appear that from that, uh, the way Luke is telling this story, this larger story, that they were somehow jealous of Barnabas and they wanted what he had. They wanted to at least appear to be like he was and perhaps like others in the church were. And so that jealousy, probably a desire for prestige, a, a desire for honor, a desire for a place of leadership and recognition in the church gave a foothold in their life to Satan that led them into concocting this lie and this deception. And this story is a real warning that comes in the, in the book of Acts not to allow this kind of thing to transpire in our lives. Yes, Ananias and Sapphira were Christians. But something happened in their life. Perhaps they started well. 
Perhaps they started out on the day of Pentecost and were among that 3,000 that came to Christ. Or later, shortly thereafter, they came into the, the things of God. And maybe they, they started well. It's likely that they did. But gradually, some things begin to creep into their lives. There was jealousy that began to enter. Ambition that was not uh, right ambition began to enter their lives. And a great desire probably for prominence and and honor and uh, place a real role of importance among the people. But the church was growing and people were being added and there was real move of the spirit going on and all kinds of people were having plenty of opportunities to serve and work and labor and participate and make disciples. I'm sure there was no end of potential and possibilities, but somehow they got on the wrong foot and they started well, probably, but in this story, we see they finished really badly. Such things as lust for recognition and honor and a sense of perhaps jealousy toward others. Once that creeps into the heart, jealousy is just like a green-eyed monster that releases slow poison into a person's life that not only affects and poisons them and enters them into a kind of a slow spiritual death, but it affects other people around them as well. And there are times and there are moments when God decides to bring his children home that have gone down this road and that are actually turning a corner away from the ways of the Lord to self-promotion and so, things like that. And, and, and God at times will uh, call them home early because they've grown too dangerous to be allowed to be out there on mission with his people, uh, really proclaiming the good news and participating in the move of the Spirit. And now they've become a problem. And God may say, look, you can't stay out there anymore with the rest. You've got to come home and stay in the house from now on. And we all want to go to heaven. I certainly do. Looking forward to it, but I don't really want to get there early. I'd like to finish well, wouldn't you? And that is something God will help us with. If it's in your heart to finish well, he is faithful to get you there. He may convict our hearts of things in us that we need to deal with, but if we'll be pliable in his hands and flexible before him to make the changes we need to make, we don't have to go this road, the Ananias and Sapphira road. It's not necessary. There was no need for them to go down that road. They could have ended differently. Well, praise the Lord, this story doesn't finish on that sad note. It's really not the main episode in the story. This story is about a living church full of the Spirit, experiencing the power of God, experiencing the move of the Spirit, and they are transforming the city that they're in and the region they're in, and later, the whole world is impacted by what's going on here. So this is the story of a Spirit-empowered church. This is the story of Christ living among his people by his spirit, bringing this remarkable harmony that only he can bring. And history was being changed in amazing ways. I want you to listen 
to what comes next after this story of Ananias and Sapphira. Listen to these words. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. And the people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Praise God for what was happening. Let's pray. Father, we ask God that we would see the mighty works of your spirit in our day. We pray for revival to come. We pray for our land and this world that's so troubled and going through such difficult days. We long to see you, Lord, honored and glorified among us and honored and glorified in our world, Lord. Be exalted, we pray. Use your church for your glory. We long to see more people come to living faith in you and be added to your family. Please help us, Lord, to live humbly and harmoniously under your gracious rule. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.